This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Just dealing with a cold and I'm a real big wuss. So I'm hoping it's just cold, but that's what I'm thinking. But my daughter went back to school and now, you know, I got a bit of a, the sniffles and I'm, I'm horrible and sick. So I'm fighting through this uh, to, to pod with you. Uh, Trump got COVID. He rejected the stimulus package. Um, what, where do you want to start? So I was thinking about this, right? Like Trump gets COVID. I don't know if you read the Glenn, Glenn Greenwald article on it, but he detailed how like all the liberal pundits. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Ra- the, the response you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rachel Maddow, all of them, and they're all like, as much as we disagree with him, we wish him a speedy recovery and whatever. And it's kind of strange that all these pundits who have been insisting that he's a fascist di- dictator, compared him to Hitler, he's like a puppet of Putin, you know, he's controlled by a foreign power, all these things, and they would hope that he got well. Like if Hitler were sick, you wouldn't be like, oh, I hope Hitler gets well. You'd be like, no, I hope he dies. Like he's Hitler. Of course we want him to die. We don't, you know. So why are all these pundits wishing that he has a recovery and saying that? I mean, it it should be the case that if he's what they say he is, then it should be the opposite. And his conclusion, which is what I agree with, is they don't really believe any of that stuff. They don't think he's Hitler. They know he's not that. One of the big telltale signs is people tweeting about how much of a fascist dictator he is and what a terrible person he is. If you, if you were really a fascist dictator, you would not be tweeting that unless you were extremely brave and willing to get arrested for it. And of course, not all these guys not get arrested for it. They're going to get promoted at their jobs because orange man bad is you know, in the professional class. That's, that's like a religion. That's like, you're, you're not a heretic. You're, you're uh, in the choir. If you're, saying orange man bad. So you can, not only do you not get in trouble for tweeting those things, they're actually advantageous to tweet. So it's a really uh, ridiculous situation where you have these people on TV and online and in newspapers basically saying this guy is legitimately a fascist. I mean, a, a fascist dictator who's dangerous. And yet when he gets sick, they're all like, oh, I hope he recovers. And it just shows that they're not sincere when they say that. Yeah, I did read that piece and I did agree with the conclusion. And by the way, if he was a fascist dictator, he had a lot of opportunities to behave as one during these violent protests to send some 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 stuff in there that he didn't. But um, I uh, yeah, that's it is odd how everyone's gone from he's the worst in the media to uh, we really feel very, you know, we're hoping for. But I don't know how, how 
disingenuous they're being. And, and I mean, you know, what else are they going to say publicly? You know, he is the president of the United States. No, but that's what I'm saying is that if everybody believed he were a fascist dictator, then it would be advantageous to publicly wish for the worst for him. But right. the only well, reason, yeah. if you're saying, oh, they're, they're just virtues, you know, one guy read the article. I don't even know if these guys comprehended it. They thought he was saying they should th- wish that he died, which that's not what Greenwald was saying. He was saying he was noting that they didn't, which would be odd if he were what they, they really said he was. And these guys were like, no, they're just virtue signaling. They just want to seem like nice people. But why would it seem like you're a nice person if you're rooting for Hitler to recover? That wouldn't make you seem like a nice person. That would make you seem like an idiot right. at okay. best. Yeah, I get, yeah. So right. you're, if you're like, no, they're just doing that because they're faking it. They want a virtue signal or be like, oh, I, I'm a good person. It's like, yeah, I, no, no. But if he's a fascist dictator, then it's not bad to root for his demise because he's a fascist dictator. Now, the only explanation why it would not only not only why you're doing it, but why you think other people would think better of you to wish well for him is that you don't think that other people really believe either that he's a fascist dictator. It's just some bullshit you say because people are emotionally attached to hearing him called the most negative things possible. And when you say them, people are like, yes, and they click and they want to read what you're saying and listen to what you're saying again, because you keep saying he's the worst. He's Hitler. He's and it was like, God, yes, he is. He's the worst. He is this thing. It makes me feel good. But if you met, but you don't mean it literally. Otherwise, when he got sick, you would be rooting for his demise. Right. Right. Crazy times, man. Um, what what do you mean? Crazy make? times. It's just like professional wrestling. Like th- these people. Oh, well, are, the media part. Yes. No, that's just yes. That's, it's that's, like yes, they, they're, they're, It's just an act, and people know that it's an act. Now, some of the actual citizens don't. A lot of people were openly wishing for his demise on Twitter, and those people believe it. This is the scary thing. The, a lot of the public believes what, what they're saying about him. They believe that he is a fascist dictator. And yeah, so there is, yes, yes. Michael Moore tweeted, um, he, uh, thoughts and prayers are with COVID. Right, because he believes that Trump's a fascist dictator. So he is doing, at least he's logical and, and, and consistent. Like, he's like, well, of course, if he's a fascist dictator, then that's what you would root for. I got, yeah. But the right. people that actually have access to. to inf- Rachel Maddow was yeah. like 180, right? right. Like, total. She doesn't believe it because, and she doesn't believe, and even more, it's not only that she doesn't believe it, she doesn't believe other people really believe it, like her colleagues, the people she's professionally connected to, and the producers and the executives at at the network. She doesn't believe that they believe it, therefore she feels obligated to treat him as a human being rather than a fascist dictator when he's sick. And then she goes, turns around and, and gets the audience who do believe it, a lot of whom, a lot of whom do believe it, riled up. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. It's it's. Uh, yeah, the media is very frustrating, and I don't know. You're getting still worked up over it. So look at you. you I thought you avoided it all. I mean, you can't help it. it. It creeps into your feed, and I've I've been guilty a little bit of you know going down some rabbit holes that I probably shouldn't. But yeah, and then the other thing is, so he gets COVID. And he, he, I mean, Trump is a ridiculous person. He's, he's hilarious, but he's ridiculous. He's like doing like a victory tour of COVID. He's like, he's like dunking the football a couple of days later when he like seems to be feeling better. Oh, it's great. I mean, he went on a tweet storm. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, some people expect that it could be some of the medication making a little too, but yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's a wild ride for sure. So he, he's like dunking the football, but also here, here's something that I 
think is true about COVID for the most part. The people it does kill are disproportionately old, unhealthy, either pre-existing condition or obese, and poor. If you look at people with money, their doctors give them, it's not just, they don't just put them on a ventilator, which doesn't even work. They actually have all these antivirals, all these vitamins, all this stuff they do. They gave Trump a whole bunch of stuff, melatonin, vitamins, antivirals. You get like, you don't just get like, okay, when you stop breathing, you should probably go to the emergency room. You know, this is like preemptive before it gets there. And so it seems like the, it's not just age and, and health status. It's also the level of care. It almost feels like this is totally treatable, but we just have a shit healthcare system. And so like people just get like, all right, go to the emergency room if you're having trouble breathing. That's it. But now as soon as you test positive. Well, if you caught it early, right. If you caught it early and treated it, then it, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Wasn't the original, the, the whole flatten the curve was we're worried we're going to run out of ventilators. And it turned out that, boy, if you reach the ventilator stage, it's too late almost. So well, no, that's, I, yeah. I think it turned out that the ventilators were killing people, that they were like forcing your lungs and, and collapsing your right. lungs when that wasn't actually the issue. And there was all this like pundits like. Trump's let us down. He hasn't ordered enough ventilators. Then Trump would be like, we've got million ventilators being built right now. And it turned out that that was all wrong. It's just, it's a lie upon a lie upon a lie. And it's frustrating. It's, it's horrific. Like the, the state of uh, the information ecosystem. I'll say one thing else. One of those tweets, I forgot about this last week about COVID and basically just that like the key to COVID is just don't fear it at all. Like, don't be afraid of it. Take precautions. Just, you know, the idea that uh, if, you, if you were enlightened, if you became an enlightened human being and you no longer feared death at all, let's say that happened. I'm sure it'll never happen for you, but, you know, let's just say it did. You wouldn't, just because you didn't fear death, start playing in traffic. Just because you didn't fear death, you wouldn't be, like, riding a motorcycle at 100 miles an hour on a rain, in a thunderstorm. I mean, if you didn't fear death, it wouldn't mean you'd, senselessly risk death. a real man would senselessly risk death but but just because you didn't you you get what i'm saying even if you had no fear of death that doesn't mean you wouldn't take normal precautions like people do and it's the same thing it's like don't fear covid it's a real thing don't fear it take precautions when you're in a, a try to avoid uh, indoor spaces with lots of people to the extent you have to to go shopping or something wear your mask when you get out take your mask off i do outside i don't wear one outside wash your hands when you get home I mean, it's like simple stuff, but don't have fear on it. And it probably won't affect people under 70 very badly. And if you're in decent health, that is. And if you do think you can have it, you know, get some early treatment. But it's like, don't worry about it. Just take precautions so you don't spread it. And the best way not to spread it is not to catch it. So try not to catch it, but don't worry about it. Like, don't get worked up over what other people are doing. You know, just... Be responsible, the Kantian thing, do what you think everybody should do, basically, and don't have fear. And, and the media is selling so much fear, and I think the way the fear works is if you're terrified of it, you start scolding everybody and telling everybody they have to wear a mask all the time, and you can't do this, and you shouldn't be doing this, and if or you're so afraid of it that you have to deny that it's serious at all and take no precautions because the fear is so distasteful to you that you're like, oh, no, 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 this is fine. This is nothing. It's a hoax. I'm, I'm not going to take any precautions. Screw you. Don't be paranoid. In a way, that's another side of fear. It's like you're so, you can't deal with it. It's too stressful for you to acknowledge that it's real. So you just right. go to full denial mode. Whereas yeah. like if you have no, if you have no fear, 
just like if you had no fear of death, you wouldn't just be like recklessly jumping out of a window. You'd be like, oh, okay, I'm not afraid to die, but you would still take care not to die. And that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I'm not afraid of this thing, but I just take basic precautions. Like I don't, I don't eat at indoor restaurants. It's not that important for me to do it. Uh, I don't you know, go to indoor spaces. I don't go to people's houses inside, really. I, I wear the mask if I'm in a grocery store. Well, I have to anyway. And uh, I will try to wash my hands when I get home. Yeah, no, you, you did a good thread. Everyone should go read it. Um, I'm with you. I don't know why you can't just have precautions without fear. It's, it's all or nothing. It seems like too extreme on both sides. I, I went to a restaurant recently out, outdoors and, and, and living the same way you're, you're saying. I went to a bank for the first time, something indoors I've had to do. Um, and there was, of course, a person about my age, a girl in front of me was like giving people a hard time for putting her mask on. It's like almost like I should have filmed it or whatever, but it's one. And like, I almost said, man, just do it for like a courtesy for other people around you. Even if you don't believe it, like, I just don't, I don't really get that aspect either, but, um, I'm with you Liz. Uh, it's not something that you should live in fear, but, um, it exists and it would, you know, there, there's also the long COVID. Have you read about that? Does that scare you more that apparently like 10% of, of some people just are dealing with this shit for months and months after? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like that either. I mean, there's, there's, there are seriousness to it for sure, but I'm with you going on and living your life. I, I don't really look at it or think about it. I mean, anything can have a complication. Uh, people totally can get a flu that just doesn't go away. I, some people have had like a cough, a bronchitis that can last a year. Some people have had all sorts of autoimmune problems, bad reactions from something that can be like a multi-year thing, a tick bite. Lyme disease can be a, a hell that you're in for years, you know, indefinitely. There's all sorts of shit. So, and comparing uh, nations, as you were kind of alluding to, is just wrong in this because it's all it, it, population matters greatly. So do not listen to any stats comparing different like nations. Like it, this disease, as you pointed out, is very specific in which who, the harm it, it, where, where, where it attacks most. Well, it's interesting. I, I read something uh, in the Atlantic. I don't know if we talked about this, but that basically there's super spreaders. I, I used to think a super spreader was somebody who was sick and went to a concert, but actually a super spreader is apparently like only 20% of the population spreads most of it. Yeah. And like maybe 40 or 50% don't spread it at all. Another 30% spread it to one person on average. So that, you know, the R2 is like two, the R0 is two or something, which makes it grow exponentially. But that's just the average. Like with the flu, everybody's about the average supposedly. So it just behaves very linearly. When you cut the R below one, it dies. When it's above one, it grows exponentially. And so, once you know enough people get herd immunity or weather warms and people aren't susceptible anymore, it dies. But with this thing, for what for whatever reason, like twenty percent of the population is like R ten, and eighty percent right. of the population is R one or R zero. Are not. Yeah, are yeah, not. That's really weird because it it means like if you have the wrong person who's R20 or whatever it is, and they go to the concert, then you're going to get this huge super spreader event, which then some of those people are going to be super spreaders, a small portion of them, 20%. And you're going to get this crazy spike and super, you know, multiple cascading super spreader events that makes Northern Italy or, or someplace where it blows up extremely bad. But if you end up with another country that gets it and it's kind of just most of these 80% people are getting it and the 20% person that gets it, like, they figured it out and they quarantined them before they're around a lot of people. It never really gets going in certain places. So besides all the precautions we can take, there's sort of this randomness factor. It's like the game of sorry, or like the NFL. It's like, okay, this team's got more yards per play, but there's three fumbles. And so there's a blocked punt. You know, it just, it just introduces a randomness 
to the to the equation that just resets it. And they said, but this kind of uh, a disease, it could be trending down to zero, and then a couple super spreaders kick in, and boom, it goes the other direction. Or it can be looking like it's going to explode, and then it just dies down. So it's way more like a fumble or a blocked punt. It can just change the course of the game on one play in a way that the flu doesn't do. So that's another weird thing. And just a lot out of your hands. I mean, so much luck. I mean, you could do a lot of precautions and you just be in the wrong grocery store once that month with a super spreader. And then you're just, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, well, do you think that they're going to start re uh, classifying flu deaths? Like the, the amount, how high they, they, they've been, I don't know, man, it seems like they were doing something with the numbers there too, to me as well. But um, anyway, well, I'm, I'm a little nervous because, the problem is the fear is working, and there is something here, and I think it's man-made, but that's a whole other debate that we can't, we've gotten into in prior pods, and nobody seems to give a shit. They're just like, oh, this, it's here. But I do think the origin is important, and it's, it's like serious shit. But either way... Yeah, no question. I can't, yeah, yes. If you look into <laughs> details, it looks very yeah. likely that it's man-made, yeah. and people oh, that's a conspiracy. It's like, uh, it's not a conspiracy. It's a theory, and there's... You know, whatever we've been over some of the evidence. It's not worth going over the whole thing here. But the problem is, like, the flu is real, also, right? Like, COVID's real. It's killing people. The flu kills people. It may kill fewer than COVID, but it's still real and still kills people. And the problem is, once we start to look at disease in this way, counting up every single one, calculating the risk of every little thing, letting yeah. government tell us what to do, you know, scolding other people for their behavior it's just a really dangerous road to be going down advocating for the government people that make all sorts of draconian laws to prevent it we start separating we don't see each other nobody hugs anybody it's it becomes like this we're sort of gutting the the humanity of things and then outsourcing our safety for all these little risks to a bunch of bureaucrats who a, don't necessarily have your best interest at heart, and B, aren't necessarily competent even if they did. And I, I just don't like the idea of it. That's why don't be afraid. Do some research, which I've done. Everyone's done research on this. Take the basic precautions that you, know, that you feel are necessary. I think outdoors is really the key, avoiding uh, people in indoor spaces, yep. especially crowded ones. And that's the main thing. And, and then just live. It, it, it makes me anxious to think about you know, where this is heading, I guess. Yeah. So we, we officially jinxed the NFL too. I mean, wow. I mean, that's crazy that we're talking about that. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense that they had zero before now that what's happened. Right. It made no sense. It made no sense at all. I I wonder at first, yeah, we're like, oh yeah, they just have the PCR count like really high. So they must just be cheating it somehow. Now it's happening. As I said, this disease it's not that deadly if you look at all the numbers and the people that die, though you know, we, we still don't know about long-term ramifications. And it is deadly. It's much more deadly to older people and people with pre-existing conditions and people without treatment. The NFL is young people in incredible levels of fitness that have access to the best treatment. So I think for the actual the players, like when Cam Newton got COVID, and I hope this is correct, I wasn't like, oh, oh my God, Cam's going to die, right? People thought Trump might die. Trump's very overweight and 73 years old. So it was like, he, totally. you know, I, you know I, I didn't think he would because I expected that he would get the early treatment that, you know, that he would need and sounds like he has. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's a done deal yet, but he seems like he's doing all right. But with Cam, I wasn't even like, oh my God, 
is Cam going to be okay? I was like, yeah, he, he can't play this week. Like that was, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that something, and again, I hope I'm not jinxing him, but I, you know, that I was like, oh yeah, well, he's obviously fine. And so, you know, it's up to the individual whether they want to take a risk, but it's like the Titans, they got in trouble because they were like doing some kind of practice in violation of the quarantine and apparently it spread and now the, uh, this game's at risk. And everyone's like, how could they do that? They're such terrible people. And I'm thinking, they were trying to do their job. They were trying to like, be more ready for a game, which is their professional job. Like, they cared about their job enough to take a risk. And it might be dumb because it may end up shutting down the whole league. It may end up, you know, given the rules and the environment we're in, it might have been a, a misstep, a bad idea. But everyone practicing, everyone involved was consenting to it, obviously. So... You know, it's sort of like, what's the, they're not like monsters. They just did something that the NFL is going to be really pissed about because it might screw up the season. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I, there's, it's not like baseball where you can have, you know, two seven, uh, 240, real, real league plays two 40 minute double headers. So you just do you yeah. know, two 20 minute halves and another one. It's only an overtime game, you know, no big deal. Smash it up a little bit, get some subs in. So they can't really do that, and they, you know, each team only has one buy. The Titans already used theirs up. Now you have the buy between the Super Bowl and the championship games, the two weeks, so you could make that one week and shove everything back one week, and then build in an extra buy. I, I just, I do not understand why the NFL didn't build in two or three buys this year. Like, why not? Yeah, no, it makes you know, no, it making sense. And there's what a hurricane now might move the Monday night game. It's just one thing after another. The fires in California earlier. It's 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 a wild time. Apocalypse, man. Yeah, I, I don't know why the NFL was like. I mean, especially after baseball had that shit show that they had, and you weren't like, uh, okay, we're gonna make yeah, it a 14 game season and build in a couple of buys, or we'll make it a 16 game season, but we'll extend it into January, we'll, February. We'll, doesn't another buy like Pina was just saying on the pod right before I jumped on here with you? Like, doesn't it make sense to the NFL to just have two buys in general? Like, it's it's more revenue, right? Another week and and, and health and I don't yeah I don't understand why they wouldn't just make it an eighteen week season with two buys just in a normal year even. Yeah, I thought they did it one year like a while back. Uh, they had two buys. I thought that actually happened. I might be imagining that. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I thought one year they did that. But anyway, yeah, there's no reason not to, and especially this year. And for fantasy, it's a disaster. If like one team's off three weeks, and you're like, I got Derrick Henry, but now I lost three games in a row. Totally. And I'm going to somehow make that up. They're going to have a supplemental game before the wild card games, and after the fantasy season's over or something. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you, you can't walk that back? Yeah, no, it's not good. They might have to forfeit a game, Tennessee, I guess. I know another weird little quirk, too, is they have buys week 13. Most fantasy leagues don't start till 14, but that's an abnormal thing they added this year. But I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not not good at all. And you saw, I heard you talk in the XM show, so you saw it, the picture of Stephon Gilmore with uh, Patrick Mahomes, or like yeah. like right after the game. Like, it could not be closer. Like, but, it, but if Gilmore is in the 80% or even exactly. the 50% be, that yeah. doesn't spread it at all, then... Right. And, and Mahomes might have had it before, not even known it. Yep. I mean, yep. I mean, look, again, we don't know the long-term ramifications. The data we have is that this is harsh on old people, harsh on sick people, and it's been way harder on poor people because they haven't gotten adequate treatment and probably don't get as good at nutrition and health on average anyway. But the NFL players, luckily, are in the ideal demographic with that. Maybe some of the offensive linemen have a little more risk, but... A guy like you know Stephon Gilmore or Cam Newton or someone like that who's in great shape in the prime of his life. I mean, again, knock on wood. Hopefully, 
I'm not jinxing it, but it to me that's this I don't think it's gonna be a challenge for them, put it that way. Right, health wise, yeah. The survival rates are encouraging. Um, I want to circle back with Trump real quick, though. Do you think he should have went the more sympathy route with this? You know, I mean, he kind of had an opportunity there. Um, the polls are definitely pointing bleak, but who knows how BS that is? We've been over and over. I know, I know. We've been over and over. I know. And even like the, you could even how the polls are even situated. I don't know, but. How do you think he handled it? He just stuck to Trump, you know, basically went all in and even compared it to the normal flu, COVID and, and rejected the stimulus and, and, and thoughts on, 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 on all that. Yeah. So I don't know all the details of the politics behind the stimulus. He said he would pass a bill just giving money to people. He didn't want all the other stuff involved, yeah. which I'm actually fine with. They should call his bluff and write the bill and they could get bipartisan. You know, they probably don't want that because then probably help Trump. They want to blame him. They'd rather blame him for not passing. But I don't want to get into who's right or wrong in this. I I think that they're, I'm disgusted by both parties. I don't want to, and, and I just think with politics, we have such incomplete information on stuff. Yeah, that's true. on like, well, it's, well, Trump would have given the money to the people and someone could say, no, no, he's bluffing. He knows that won't happen. So we can say that. Well, why wouldn't he do it? It helps his election chances. Why wouldn't he give the money? I bet he would sign it. I don't, we, I could say right. that, but I don't know. I don't. And really we don't know the details of this package that everyone's right. criticizing him for yeah. rejecting. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Uh, how do you, how do you and, criticize and, a deal that you don't know what the deal was? Uh, and, and the people criticize him will criticize him for anything. It's just. I, you just can't. I'd like to have an informed take on this, but I just don't know who's right or wrong about the deal and the stimulus or whether we should be having all the stimulus or we should take our medicine and stop giving money to the stock market. I mean, the Fed is a huge problem and, you know, the market's higher than ever and, and we're about to have real problems, I think, but in, in the actual economy, I mean, worse than they already are. If, if you're asking, like, how he handled it, I mean, he handled it bombastically, like, this is, you know, it's taking a victory lap and dunking and and... But I kind of knew – it'll be interesting to see if any of those people get really ill, any of these people who got it, because most of them are old. And if they don't, it means they got the vitamins or the whatever other stuff, the HCQ, whatever it is that they got. And Yeah, right. Tra- Trump's basically taking every single thing uh, apparently uh, uh, ever made but that, apparently. It's yeah. so funny. It's so like maybe, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't believe it. Or maybe he is, but he doesn't want to start a whole thing. But the, the point is that if none of these people get sick, get seriously Chris ill, Christie. Yeah, is, Chris is Christie. I mean, right. If he's fine, it just shows that being rich and getting the right treatment is, is a huge part of it. You know, Ebola was killing all these people in Africa, and the couple of cases that were in the U.S., they were in, like, U.S., hospitals and they all recovered so a lot of this stuff is like access to treatment is a is a huge that's another divider it's not just health it's it's access to quality treatment so you know i mean he's gonna say look i and i think it helps him that he got it because it's skin in the game it's like yeah i it's not like just a theory like i'm a cold-hearted i don't care he's like yeah i got it too and we're all susceptible well, he also proved that he was preaching, practicing what he's preaching, too. You know, he wasn't living fear of wearing a mask. He was living <laughs> without it. But, yeah, Christie has yeah. asthma, too. Apparently, so apparently uh, it spread not outside, you know, where they were. It would spread indoor. They had, like, an indoor event, at, you know, to like, for the nomination of the justice. Yeah. And so that was where it actually spread. The people outside didn't get it. The people inside all got it, oh. But which is makes sense. But, anyway, I mean, I don't know. All this stuff is, like, 
it's all what you think people think. When people are like, well, how did he handle it? Oh, well, I don't think it's playing well with the Midwest, or I don't know, in Pennsylvania, they're not going to like this or that. It's all what you think people think rather than do you, what do you think? Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, if you ask me personally, yeah. Yeah, I'm, not like, yeah. I'm not like, oh, my God, that's so callous. Or, oh, I just don't follow every little thing. I don't give a shit. I- that's all fair. I just wanted your opinion. I mean, this is kind of crazy. The president getting it October 1st before the election. I mean, it's I said, just, you know, I'm, it's, we're living in a simulation. But, I, I tweeted but, out if he actually got it and died, that's a hell of, that's the October surprise of real man's October surprise. Oh yeah. You want to see an October surprise? Watch yeah. this. You know, real man just says, oh, I'm going to get the ultimate surprise for the opposition. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? <laughs> But, so the uh, VP debate is tonight. We have not recorded uh, this. I mean, before. So I, I'm guessing you're going to watch it about as much as you did the, the the first one, the president one. Yeah. I just have no interest. I have no interest in it. Both those people are distasteful to me. I don't care what they have to say. Again, I just think it's going to be a bunch of fucking platitude, talking point bullshit. Uh, I I don't think there's going to be anything. Nothing means anything. It's all just. I don't. I don't think either of those people are splitting the atom. I don't think it's. Okay. There's nothing, and they're not even, you know, I mean, Kamala Harris would be president pretty soon, I think, if, if Biden wins, but I, I already have a pretty low opinion of her also, so I don't, yeah, I have zero interest. The only thought I want to be on this subject is the the stock market's gone up and down. Um, I believe it got better today. More up, more up than down. The, the stimulus uh, announcement. Oh, so it's about, yeah, okay. And and it still seems like Bitcoin is tied to it. Do you think that's going to remain a thing? Um, that's I, I figured that would break off by now, but it seems they're kind of tied together. So the market has been up more than Bitcoin in the last month, you know, in the last, what, how, well, I actually went down and up. I guess it's, they're about the same, actually. But they're tied in the sense that, you know, there's Wall Street traders and people who have Bitcoin and when their positions are up, they can, you know, have the Bitcoin, buy more Bitcoin. In March, Bitcoin crashed because all these guys had to liquidate everything. And, you know, if they had Bitcoin, they had to sell it to raise cash. And so people are like, oh, let's get Wall Street involved. Let's get these hedge funds involved. It's going to be great. Let's go to the moon. But at the same time, when things go bad for them, it, it crashes the price. Although I think every time they panic sell, the stronger hands buy it. And so it's harder to crash the price each time. Uh, I just think it's... It's just a bullish environment for Bitcoin because it's getting scarcer every day. You know, every those blocks are being mined with less and less reward, and when the uh, people want it, the supply is not going to be there, and that's when you have a huge bull run. And I just think it's coming, and I don't know where the stock market's going. If they keep printing this money, the stock market's a weird thing because I keep thinking, all right, I give up. I had shorts; those are about to expire, worthless. Those puts, but I'm thinking, okay, well. I give up. Like I wouldn't buy any puts now because it just seems like people believe and I don't know if the Fed's bluffing and they're actually going to deliver, but it's enough that they might deliver. And so every time it goes down, I'm like, who's selling? Who's getting out? Who's taking profits now? And why would you? It's going to keep going up. And then I think, but if that's the case, then nobody's going to sell. So it's going to keep going up more and more and more. And maybe we're already there. But if we're, we get to that point, you know, it's, it's obviously like everything is a uh, it's like an organic system. So if everybody truly believes that it can't go down, that everybody's going to put their money in it, and then at some point, that's going to send it up so much that it must go down because way too much hope and, and wealth is tied up in it. And therefore, it's like, this, it, it's like it brings about its own demise, right? Because the, the expectation gets higher and higher and higher. It's like beating the spread every week. Like the spreads get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's like the, if the market's like super, super high and companies are stretched valuation-wise to like 
absurd levels, then mm-hmm. the second that that paradigm where you know forty, you know, the company's trading at forty times earnings or a hundred times earnings doesn't apply anymore, it's going to crash. You know, it's going to drop cut, cut in half quickly. So I don't know what that point is, but I've given up on trying to predict it. I thought maybe things would go bad. Now here's here's the last thing I'm going to say about this is that following this guy, this guy Paul Portese, I just found him somehow. He's saying that basically COVID is the tsunami. Is the tsunami just the water just went out to sea, and now the water's going to start coming in? So we just saw the water go out, but we haven't seen it come in yet. And the first thing that's happening now is all of the uh, state budgets are being slashed. Like all of the government budgets for the states and the cities are being slashed hugely uh, because their tax revenues are down, and they don't you know they they don't have money to spend. They, they can't. They're not printing money like the federal government. And so what happens when budgets are cut and departments are cut and services are cut? Not only are people not going to get the services, but how many government employees, you know, municipal level and uh, state level are going to be out of jobs? I mean, this, there's going to be like this massive cuts in jobs. And the things that are actually doing well in, in, the, uh, in COVID are like tech. Amazon's doing well and Zoom's doing well and Square's doing well, things that are digital. But those companies don't employ millions of people. Those companies have pretty small, given their market caps, a very small staff. So this, this is going to be the issue is when there's no money left, when people are out of jobs. And so, and so what, what happens then, you know, and if the market keeps going up? Like what's the, what happens when the tsunami comes in? A lot of rent checks are going unpaid for sure. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, tertiary effects that we can't even imagine heading our way. So real quick about Bitcoin, the, the BitMEX, BitMEX getting uh, whatever charged, what's my takeaway from that is basically get, get off the exchanges, basically. Well, this guy, Marty Bent, wrote about that. He said, get your stuff off the exchanges to cold storage because they may start you know, really regulating the off-ramps and saying, oh, no, if you're going to operate a... An exchange, then you know you have to disclose who your customers are. We have to approve where they're sending the money, the Bitcoin, or whatever. Once you have it in cold storage, they can't touch it. Um, They have no access to it. So um, he's a little paranoid, but you know, Nassim Taleb said, you know, only the extremely paranoid survive because it just takes (laughs) one. And and it's true because it only takes one oversight to get wiped out. It, It only takes one cavalier sense of. No, 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 this is fine. Don't worry about this. And boom. And it's, you know, it's kind of a, a paradox because you can't live in, in fear, but you should be extremely paranoid about, you know, what they say, tail risk. You know, what could wipe me out? You know, what, what could wipe me out? Well, obviously, like a heart attack could wipe you out. So you, you, you have to, you've already done this. I'm, I'm doing this too. Like really take care of what you eat, what you consume. You can't control it completely, but you can eliminate a lot of the random heart attack cancer risk can't eliminate all of it, but you can eliminate some of it by changing your habits. So that's one thing. Diet, exercise, all that stuff. Two, what could wipe me out financially? You know, what could really, and you have to start thinking about it. You know, what are your dollars worth? What, you know, who's, who really owns the dollars? What, what are they based on? If you start looking into it, you start thinking, okay, how am I going to hedge this tail risk? It, it probably won't happen. It might not happen. Probably won't, to be honest. But you have to you don't have to do anything, but you might want to not leave X percent chance that you're wiped out 
despite working and trying to be responsible as a person your entire life. Yeah, just specifically, Marty kind of you know, kicked me in that direction the, the, to do that, though. But you're right. I, I think he's probably over the paranoia. But it is a step. I mean, the U.S., you know, whatever, the U.S. Uh, prosecuted the company. Speaking of, uh, of, of prosecution U.S., did you see my guy John McAfee was arrested for U.S. Oh, tax funny. evasion in Spain? Uh, I know. Very uh, upset about that. I don't think I'm going to get any more direct messages from him anytime right, from soon. From jail. But, can tweet from jail. Yeah, okay. All right, maybe. I'll shoot him one. But, shoot him uh, one and say, very, how you doing? You all right, man? I'm mean, a good friend would be like how you doing you i know i know I, w- I, I will i am worried about him his uh his wife has actually put still uh comments quite a bit on the situation um so uh what else where else let's where we go from here yeah uh, anything yeah i don't know i'm, I'm feeling line. anxious I, I feel like i don't know why i've been feeling like this for a while and here's the thing i i re- you know it's another taleb thing but i think it's so true it's like you're going to be wrong most of the time if you're like worried about tail risk if you're like shit like things could totally collapse like and here's how it would happen. You start thinking it through. People be like, "Dude, stop thinking about it. Just buy stocks and shut the fuck up. Just buy the stocks. They're going up. They, you know, they're not. The U.S. isn't going. If the U.S. falls, you're gonna have a lot bigger problem than where you have your Bitcoin or something. They, they might argue. They, you know, just just do just take the free money and don't don't fight mm. the Fed. And then there's and most of the time they're going to be right. Like most people doing the thing that everybody's doing is going to be right nine times out of ten, five times out of six, whatever. And so you're going to be wrong all the time. You're going to be like, oh, shit, I bought this Bitcoin, and I got out of stocks, and I'm you know, worried about this, and I'm hedging about that. And you've got to be willing to be wrong a lot to be right on the important stuff. And you don't want to really talk about it with like normal people who just see things in the normal way because they're going to be like, ah, you're crazy. And they're going to be right most of the time. I mean, they're not right. You're actually thinking big picture long term and knowing that if you're pretty comfortable, you want to play defense. You know, you really want to make sure that you don't fuck up like a nice, prosperous enough life and and to like defend it. But you know, they're going to think you're crazy and they're going to be proven. And they're not actually right in my opinion, but they're going to be based on the day to day. Right. So the Bertrand Russell thing, you know, it's like jumping out of the empire state building, counting the windows as you go down you get to 80. So far, so good. It's like, dude, what are you worried about? Each window, it's fine. Nothing's happening here. And you just got to kind of live with that because that's, that's the price, right? That's the price you pay to hedge like the, the larger sort of the harder to, uh, fathom risks funny i was just reading a newsletter from jonathan bales an interesting uh, thinker in the industry uh and he was quoting that taleb thing uh just what last night i was reading about the take being off you're going to be wrong so often just uh just coming across that taleb thing twice in two days um i mean you're, you want to be right about the big things it's okay to be right where the payoff is huge and wrong where the where the cost is small it's the same with the mask it's like so what if all these people are just a bunch of nutless monkeys panicking and avoiding restaurants and whatever? So what? Who gives a fuck if you go to a restaurant inside or not or whether you're wearing a mask? It's not because the state's telling you. I totally agree with not being bought. There's no boss. Some douchebag governor is not my boss. But just voluntarily being like, yeah, I might be wrong about this, but I'll just take this precaution. The downside is like nothing. Who cares? Oh, you didn't hang out with your buddy in his house. You had to go for a walk outside instead. Who cares? But if you're wrong, you know, if you're wrong in the other direction, it's like, oh, you spread COVID and some old person died. It just, it just like the payoff is so lopsided sense that even if you're wrong and it, and it really doesn't make any difference, big deal. Like, I don't feel like I'm suffering making these, you know, basic precautions.
Right. Um, back to your food thing. It remind, reminded me, I heard, uh, that you are, you, you put ghee in your coffee in the mornings. I both drink a lot of coffee. I have ghee sitting in my, uh, pantry without any use for it. And I like it and I'm looking to gain weight. So this seems like a no brainer. No. Yeah. It's really good. I, I it's like putting cream in your coffee. It's really healthy. Tastes good. Now I don't even like coffee without ghee. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'm definitely trying that for sure. Um, all right, man. Do you have any other uh, notes? Uh, yeah, I was just—I was just thinking about the. Uh, there's one thing about the the t- like being wrong a lot. Oh, some dude was tweeting at you. This is <laughs> some guy on Twitter, and I—I I, uh, shabbat the dude on your behalf. I don't know if you saw, but basically he was like criticizing your outlier rankings, and like Scott Barrett came to your defense also, but yeah. he was like, "Why are your rankings so off base with everybody else's?" and and you're like, well, what, you want everyone's rankings to be exactly the same? He's like, well, no, but yours are this and that. And Scott Bird's like, no, props to Triple D. He's willing to go against the consensus. And the guy tried to argue more like, no, this is not right. And, and I just thought, like, don't be a fucking simpleton. You win leagues not by being the most accurate ranker. You win leagues because you got so-and-so in every league, I got Prescott in two major leagues. I'm 90 something in the 3,300 person runaway online, and I'm like 17th in the uh, 600 something person prime time. Although I lost Nick Chubb because I have Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, and I, I was like, I'm just going to go get Dak Prescott because I think he's going to go crazy. Like, you just have to be right about one thing. You know, it's not like you don't have to be. It's not like doesn't matter if like oh well somebody was more accurate where he ranked Matthew Stafford than I did. And, you know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, he was totally accurate about it. It's like, who gives a shit? If I get Dak Prescott, it doesn't matter. Dak Prescott has the most fantasy points of any quarterback uh, in NFL history through four games. Yeah, and the top, number two, Russell Wilson, number three, Josh yeah. Allen, right? It's all three this year. It's yeah, I didn't want to... Get, that is insane. I didn't want to get in the weeds too much with him or whatever. I shouldn't have even engaged at all. But um, the East, whoever just does the expert consensus rankings are usually the guys finishing in, in the, the, the least off, you know, the, the wait till the end of the week, do the rankings. And if they're uh, very similar to the ECR, those are usually the guys finishing among the leaderboards weekly because it makes sense. But uh, I, I believe it'd be easier to do that as well. But I just like ranking them how I would use them. And I kind of rank toward DFS a little too, but um, I don't know. Upside is, is your, yeah. What was last year? 65% of teams had McCaffrey one and it was something crazy, like 20%. If you had the Patriots defense, it was a huge outlier too, but you hit the home runs in the fantasy. That's the, and especially the overall contest, like you're talking about with Prescott, that's really the best fantasy players are the guys that, that hit swing and miss, you know, they'll, they'll, swing and they'll miss more often but they will hit and, and when also they to hit, avoid the busts to be like you know i'm out on i hated Kenyon drake like if you miss that that's huge you know unfortunately yeah. i have nick chubb but it's just huge to avoid the the disaster and to get a and it's just a couple right and so it's just like the whole idea his whole idea but again it's a Taylorist thing he's like oh you're gonna be wrong more than you're right because look how off you are yeah but who cares if you're right on three guys that matter dfs you know if you're right on the three guys this week you can win the the big tournament. It's it's just uh, anyway. I just thought that was a good example of just like the nor the, the normie think that's gonna you're gonna be confronted with all the time. Yeah, so when, I, when I appreciate you coming to my back. Thank I, know, you, I just told that dude I was like, don't be a simpleton, man. And then he didn't. He didn't. He went away after that. 
Yeah, he did. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. That, oh, that is right, though, about being – yeah. And, you know, the funny thing with me, this team, my teams have been – I think they're, they're, they're pretty solid, aside from now me relying on, on Henry. They're solid enough. But everyone I avoided are, is going crazy. It seems like the Josh Allen, even, you know, the Brady, um, I don't know, the couple who – I'm forgetting, but there's a couple other guys that are going – oh, Keenan Allen I didn't love. Oh, I didn't uh, like for, him either. For various I never reasons. Him. Yeah. And, and he's, like, top five-ish in PPR right now. So – um, your guy, uh, what, do, what are your thoughts on Beckham? Nice, nice game for Beckham, but uh, that whole situation in Cleveland's not great. Uh, it's good. It's good. Beckham is the guy that he was. That you know, that was like Beckham's the guy he was. And so now you're looking at the coaches in Mayfield, and now that Chubb's out, also it's like okay, they're definitely thinking we got to get the ball in this guy's hands anyway we can. And they did last week. It wasn't from Mayfield much of the time, but Landry threw him that uh, that bullet, and he had a couple. You know, he got some handoffs. I think they're just going to keep getting the ball to Beckham. They're going to try to do it. And Mayfield's not great, but he's good enough to support a number one receiver. Beckham is going to go crazy as long as he's healthy. He can get hurt. He's obviously injury prone, but he's, he's one of the greatest receivers of all time. I don't think people really grasp that going into the season. Yeah, that was pretty sick. That uh, TD run was really, really nice. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, you want to talk to the, talk, go to the games? Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk games. I'm really not that inspired about these games because, A, I thought it was a tough slate, and, B, mm. this whole COVID thing has just got me, I don't know, I was, like, into my fantasy teams and into the, you know, even though our, we were two and three. But we're on a two-game win streak. We we, uh, we pulled out a two. We were 0-3, oh and, and then we got both of our later games won. All right, let's do this fast. Bucks at Bears. Bucks minus four and a half at Bears. We're both on yeah, what was last week? I forget who. What did we? We went for who went? Who ended up giving the problem last week? Who was the you, problem? Me or you? You took the Lions. You insist on the Lions. Lions even, and yeah. I had the Lions too, though, and it was a horrible pick, and they lost. I insist on the Texans, which is a horrible pick. Well, and I told yeah because I actually had the Vikings when I sent you staff picks. They're yeah. one of the three teams I even said I liked that week, right. and I went to bat for the Colts, though. Yes, right? you did, and I went to the bat for the Packers. Okay, All and right. you were on the cool. Falcons, so. I think it was sort of both. Then we were both like Dallas, which was a terrible pick. Yeah. You, you liked it more than me, though, truth be told. Okay. All right. But, uh, Let's move on. Give us the Bears here. What is, what is the stat pick spread you went Because when I sent it late to you last night, it was four and a half. Yeah, four but, and um, a half. No, I made this my best bet, I think. So if uh, we'll see what the— I, I took yeah. the Bears. I mean, I, I don't love the Bears because their offense sucks, but four and a half of the road is a lot for that very banged-up offense of Tampa. So yeah. I, I would do it. Uh, okay, Panthers plus two and a half at Falcons. I kind of like the Falcons. It was three earlier at a two and a half. I kind of like them. I like a desperate animal at home, not laying the full three. Yeah, this seems like the, the side to be on. Exactly. Okay. I'm with you. I think Carolina has three sacks this year. Yeah. So I think, yeah, who's going to take an 0-4 Atlanta team? So, yeah. It's a get well game for them. I, yeah. So we could take both those games, actually. Yeah. Raiders plus 13 at Chiefs. I took the Chiefs. It's a sucker side, but I just, I just can't. I can't root for the Raiders defense against the Chiefs. Couldn't do it. I did too, but you're right. It's probably the sucker side. It's a lot of points, but I did too. Okay. Pa- Broncos plus nine have a page. So we can't touch this because we don't have cams playing. So it's a stupid one to even talk about. Rams minus seven and a half at football team. Um, so I actually took the Rams here. I just think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, Kyle Allen. I don't know. The quarterback situation is a disaster altogether, but obviously see, it feels like a sucker side, you know, seven point road favorite, but I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like the football team. I, I think the switch is good. Haskins is terrible. And Allen had some good games early and then he fell apart on the stretch on a team that was falling apart, but he can't be worse than Haskins. 
I, I think yeah. When I sent you this l- last night, it was before Haskins had even been named. So I, yeah, whatever. I would fight for it. So I'm not gonna. Go. I'm not gonna fight for it either. But uh, okay. I, I kind of like. I, I might is my fifth one. Jaguars plus six to tech, Texans. I took the Jags. I'm you know the Texans. They may get a dead cap bounce, but I think these teams are roughly equal. Maybe the Texans are a little better, but six seemed like a lot. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I can see the narrative. They're going to play better without Bill O'Brien, but uh, it's a lot of yeah. I'll take the points. Uh, Bills minus one at Titans. I, this may be canceled. I love the Titans here. I think that Titans were in the AFC title game and they got a bye and they're three and zero. The Bills are really good, but I love the Titans. But it doesn't really matter. I don't think we should even talk about this because only Miami has allowed more yards per play than the Titans, and they might be missing like twelve players if they do suit yeah. up. So that would definitely be contrarian to really like them. I'll tell you that. Well, much. then the line will move. Just, the line will move. If they're missing that, that if they're missing that many players, the line yeah. will move a bunch. Cardinals minus seven to Jets. So this is the funniest thing. I don't know if you listened to the guest alliance, but I made my yeah, line yeah. minus ten and a half because I was like flat. Because I assume, and I bet this is up higher than seven now because I'm gonna look at this line right now because Flacco. You know, I, I assumed Flacco was playing because I knew Darnold took like kind of a big hit and he was only able to come back because yeah. you know once it happens like in game you can play with it, but then it swells up. Let's take a look at this Jets line here. Yeah, you read between the lines, too. It sounded like Donald was going to sit. Right. So I was like, if Joe, the, if the Jets are so bad, but the Joe Flack, I mean, Darnold was the only thing they had going for them. I mocked Darnold, but he's, you know, at least has some, like, physical talent. But, like, Flacco on that team is so bad. And I made it minus 10 and a half. Jeff made it a pick em. Okay. Rufus made it Cardinals minus three and a half. Jeff made it a pick em. I made a Cardinals minus 10 and a half. The actual line is seven right now, but I think it's going to move up with Flacco to like eight and a half. But, you know, anyway, I don't really want to touch this. this the, the, Rufus pointed out the Cardinals are back-to-back weeks cross-country on the road. Just to be clear, I'm actually with you here. And I think Arizona, who's not that great, no. I think they'll, they'll look like the bully here. And I think there's a threshold of an NFL franchise that this current version with Gase may not meet with the Jets. Right, so with normally it easily be hold your nose, take the home dog. They're not that defense isn't that bad. Arizona's not that great. But man, I think I've heard what Jeff's been saying with you. And actually, you know, advanced, my advanced stats point to Darnold being really bad this year. But my thought process was like, how obvious is, is, is the next player is going to excel once he gets away from Gase next year. It may be a different uh, system, but I think Darnold's going to be good when he gets freed and Flacco. So I'm with you, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, we could maybe do it, but all right. Steelers plus seven. It's uh, I mean, Eagles plus seven and Steelers. I did six and a half, so I took the Eagles, but I'm not strong on this one. Yeah, I actually really uh, kind of like the Steelers. Eagles, their offense is bad. Coming off that Sunday night game, traveling across the country, Wentz might get absolutely killed in this game, but if you don't like it, so. Uh, Steelers just should have dominated the Texans and they didn't. And the Eagles, that was a gutsy win. I mean, they got that lucky pick six from Mullins, but that was a badass win to go into San Francisco and win. I'm not sure the Steelers are good enough to lay seven. If they They're coming off their bye. I know it's different because they don't have two weeks to prepare, but like you kind of like Tennessee or whatever, the Steelers are coming off a bye, and man, uh, yeah, they played late Sunday night, and that was a bad game. That was just a game. They were a desperate animal, and the Niners were all messed up with Mullins. But they were – you know, the quarterback – no quarterback was hit more last, last week or pressured more than Mullins. Yeah, that, the Eagles that, defense, defense is nasty. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's it, nasty. It is. All right, we'll skip that one. Bengals plus 13 at Ravens. I really like the Bengals here. I think Burrow and Mixon, the offensive line, turned a corner. The defense is pretty bad, but I think the Ravens – that Chiefs game – I don't know. It made me rethink like how good they really are. So I, I kind of like the Bengals plus 13. 
Yep, with you here. Uh, Ronnie Staley, their left tackle. Lamar is missing practice. Uh, it's a little banged up there. Who knows how good that offense is right now at the Ravens. So I'm with you. A lot of points. Yeah. All right. Dolphins plus eight at Niners. I made it 11 and a half, assuming Garoppolo would be back, but I wasn't sure about that. But I just stuck with it. So I'm not really, I don't really want to use it though. It's, the Niners have too many question marks. I, Dolphins are yeah. feisty, but. I have. Them. I originally liked liked the Niners, and I thought about it. But you're you're right. When I was talking over the games with Pino right before this, I'm like, yeah, I don't like him as much as I thought. The, Fitzpatrick could easily backdoor cover this, or whatever. I think Garoppolo returned to practice right before we started recording. But um, yeah, I'm with you. Let's stay away from this. I've been wrong on them the last three weeks. Giants plus nine and a half. Cowboys. I love the Giants. I made this line three. The Cowboys are just a bad team. Their defense sucks. Their offensive line isn't good. They're like the Falcons. The Cowboys are just like the Falcons. They're a one-dimensional passing team. That's it. That's all they got. Yeah, this is us getting Dallas wrong every other week written all over it because I'm with you. Yes, I feel really strong about the Giants. Exactly. And um, uh, in, in the, the the Rufus segment, wasn't he saying how unlucky the Cowboys have been? Um, but, but so man, the Giants. So Giants played the Rams so tough. Their defense is good. I would stay away from Dallas and survivors. What I was, my wife is telling me this morning that she's using them. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I know that it, it seems like Dallas could win by 30 or whatever, but um, I don't know. I, I think this is a, an absolutely live dog. So I'd definitely take the points. Zeke is averaging 3.9 yards per carry this year. They don't have a running game. Their running game is average. Their offensive line sucks. Their defense is terrible. All they have is Dak and those receivers. That is like, if you think about that, that's what the Falcons are. They're, they're basically just the Falcons right now. And they should have lost to the Falcons at home, actually. Yeah, on cider. Yeah. If Dak's on, on pace to throw eight, more than 800 passes. Uh, Stafford has a record. The only other person to throw more than 700. So I wonder what Ted Bell's theory of their defense being bad is leading more pass attempts here. It seems that way to me. Yeah, he's, he's too extremist on that. It's like, it doesn't always but it often does. And obviously there's a such thing as game flow. Like we know that when you're Dallas has been in game flows where they're like pass, 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 pass. I mean, it's just, they just, they've had like so many drives, so many possessions and it's, obviously if their defense was good. They would be, they throw a lot less Colts minus two at Browns. Uh, I made it Colts minus two and a half. So I'm narrowly on the Colts, but as, as good as the Colts defense has been rivers going against the Browns defense that's played well lately. That's, I don't like that. Miles Garrett against Rivers, that's a bad that's a bad situation. Yeah, that's fair. My original instinct was to fight for the Colts because their defense is so good, but Rivers can make some big mistakes here. And the Browns are, are yeah, outdoors. They're, they're playing well defensively. So I'm, I'm backing the Colts, but won't fight it for yeah, Super Bowl. I'm backing the Colts, too, so you could. We could use it. Vikings plus seven Seahawks. I thought the Vikings were terrible. They played pretty well last week. And Justin Jefferson looks like a player. And the defense, I think, is getting a little better. Dalvin Cook is so good. I can't. The tech so suck. good. They're yeah. so soft. I know. I should give you more hard time on uh, that one. But he just. Well, you know, they were. You know, they almost got the the uh, tying touchdown. They would have had to just get the two, and then go to overtime. And I still could have covered, but it's very close. Anyway, it was the Vikings were obviously the right side last week. I made the six and a half, and it's seven. Se- Seattle scores a lot, but I think the Vikings will also score a lot of points in this game. Yeah, I, t- I took the points, but this would be a stay away for me. Uh, Justin Jefferson, man, if you grabbed him on your fantasy team, well done. Seattle has allowed exactly 500 more yards to wide receivers than the next most team. That's pretty wild. I have one team with Dak and Kittle and Thielen. I have Dak, Kittle, Thielen. That's not bad. And CEH has been a little slow. That was the one I took CEH over Zeke, which I'm not regretting that much. I mean, Zeke's obviously been better so far, but their situations are not that. It's not like Zeke's in the original situation. Anyway, Monday night. Uh, Chargers plus seven and a half at Saints. I have the Saints. Rufus had the Saints minus 13, he said. 
Um, I have the Saints. I, they may get they should get Michael Thomas back. They may get Marshawn Lattimore back. Chargers still missing Melvin Ingram. I like the Saints. Dude, I, I legitimately think I was bragging when the when Lions were up fourteen nothing last week. How funny! I'm like, I was like, how sharp am I, Carly? I was telling my wife, dude. I blinked. It was thirty five fourteen. They were down. It's just a joke. Uh, I'm with you. A lot similar this week. I, I have the Saints as well. Um, I'm all in on Herbert though. Um, yeah, he's man. Great. What a throwing those bombs to no name receivers deep down the field while getting hit against a tough Tampa Bay defense. Like, I mean, I'm I'm expecting him to be a star at this point with the, just after what I've seen. Um, but he also I've runs like. A four, like a four, six, eight, forty, or something. He's athletic, and he, you know he moves, and he he's like Dan Marino, just flips his wrist, and that thing zips down the field. He's pretty sick, but uh, he'll make mistakes in the meantime. Uh, and I'm with you though on the, on on the Saints this week, though. Okay, so let's get our five. Looks like we got the Bears, the Falcons, the Saints, the Giants, bang, the Bengals, and the Giants. That yeah. it? Okay, Bengals. Okay, Bengals. Yeah, I also wrote down possibly Arizona, but yeah, it's pretty ugly. Um, Bengals. Yeah, I like the Bengals. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have to do a Thursday night one. So I got to get on this. So, right. okay. Let's it's the first shit. time we've done that. Let's do the shit. So cool. Five All right. And oh. um, we need a five and oh badly. Yes, we really, really do. Um, what else, Liz? I got a couple more things for you. So uh, I, I was a puppy uh, now. Yeah. I really want to yeah, yeah. hear about this. Guy. Talk about so yeah, how's the puppy going? He's great. You know, he's like part of the family, but you know, saw Heather, the picture. Yeah. saw yeah, the picture. Very handsome. Heather, you know, she's always like worst case scenario on stuff. And so he, he like, his stool had like a little red in it, like some blood, I guess, or something. Who knows what he was chewing on? And she's like, looks it up, and it's this thing called Parvo. It's the virus, and she's oh, like, yeah, this will kill them. You know, this is really bad. He had blood in his stool. He's been very uh, listless today. He's not as energetic, and she's like panicking. And then I'm like not enjoying the games because I'm like, oh man. And I and the only way we would have got it is because I brought him out like the second day. They're like, don't bring him out for like a week. His shots yeah. have to kick in. But I'm like, yeah. they didn't tell me why. They're like, you know, other dogs, rabies. I'm like, all right, I won't let him get close to a dog. So I just brought him out, kind of like smelled around a tree for a little bit, brought him back. And now I'm like, oh my God, I gave him Parvo. I'm killing our dog like a week after we got him. It's horrible. And obviously he's totally fine. Uh, I also dropped him oh, on his yeah. head. I was carrying him. Uh, chest height and he just like he never really you know sprung out much but he just wanted to get out and he just surprised me and he landed right on his head cried but Mm. uh, for like a second but he's fine Uh, and he's awesome he he eats well Uh, the other day I I tweeted about this but you know we're crate training him and I I was like put him in there for like 10 minutes and for like the first couple minutes he was whining but we've got him trained stop whining and when I went to get him you open the crate and he's like jumping up and down so overjoyed to see me like the joy he's just like bursting with joy like he's so happy that i got him licking me like jumping on me and i'm thinking dude like how do you not i feel bad for you like you're like so happy but like i'm the one who put you in the cage that like locked you up in the first place you don't even really you're not even giving me any blame for that you're just purely happy that i opened it like i put you in it but like that's totally forgotten you know it's just like i'm the greatest ever and uh, it's just so funny how they just, you know, it's like, you, yeah. I, thought, I thought he'd be like pissed, like, ah, you put him in the cage again, you know, but he's just like, and, and be it, happier. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, beyond overjoyed, like just the, it's crazy how joyous they are about seeing you. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. So it's funny. Kobe got her shot, last shots, uh, whatever the first version of the shots are, uh, yesterday, and the vet said, yeah, no, keep her from walks for at least a week or two right. because of that risk, the parvo. So glad to hear that was a that was not. False, and I was like, it's my alarm. fault, you know. I, I just did this, no. so I was feeling stressed. And then, uh, yeah, I've taken him out though a lot. He, he's supposed to, as of today, he's allowed to go out because he's three months old. But we just right. take him to the local park and like I pick him up if a dog comes, but. He's cool, you know. He's still yeah. Like, Kobe jumped off my lap too, and on her head too, and yeah. we have hardwood floors. And I heard yeah. the sound. So it was like there. crack, you know. And you're like, oh, you know, he's still shitting and pissing in the house, which is super yeah. annoying. But I just don't yeah. know how in that apartment to. There's nothing I can really do because we have some mats for him, but like the rug and the mat to him is the same. And it's like he there's just no you know. Once we get him outside all the time, I got him to to shit outside once, and I was like celebrating. But I gotta that's that's the next goal. Yeah, ours does both inside and yeah. out. Um, I've got more things, though. Uh, so I, I noticed also, speaking of your tweets, that what, your video cast, which I checked out with Jeff uh, Erickson, the, uh, you, you, did you get edited? Did YouTube censor you? Did I read that right? No, no. I don't know if they actually – no, they don't censor you, but they, they demonetize you if you curse, apparently, YouTube. I didn't know this, but okay. DJ, all right. DJ runs all our like media stuff, DJ Trainer. Right. And so right. he just emailed us. He's like uh, – he wasn't like, oh, you can't curse. He was just like, by the way – if you're doing this on YouTube, you know, I curse more than Jeff, but if you're doing this on YouTube, you know, if you want it to be monetized, you probably shouldn't curse. That was all. Gotcha. All right. So I have to bring this up because I think about it before in the pod that you once told me that uh, there are more people alive today than have have lived on earth and you were so wrong. My daughter, this is kind of morbid, but she was asking me for some fun, interesting facts uh, to look up on the computer. And one of them she asked is how many people have died? So I have to tell you this. Listen, 90 how many billion? People have died. 90 billion. Wow, that's a really good guess. A hundred billion. Yeah, a hundred yeah. billion. So I thought that was funny. Then my, my daughter asking me that too. I'm like, oh man, it's pretty morbid. So a couple other fun facts we learned. Uh, do you know that sharks are older than trees? No, I, I didn't know they're older than trees. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, interesting. How sharks much, are older than trees. are they, trees? like 500 million years old or something? It's like 400 million versus 360 million or something. Right. Something like that. And um, do the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was longer than a marathon. That's how big it was. That, yeah. That's pretty wild. And then last one. Do you know how many uh, how many Earths would fit into the sun? Yeah, I said like a million maybe. We got it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, that one always blows people's mind. One million well, Earths. Would I'll, I'll tell you something crazier. Like there's like a couple million suns would fit in the largest stars, I think. Right. <laughs> so. right. Like, the, like the largest stars were where the sun is, it would like stretch out to like – Jupiter, you know, would be like engulfing all the planet. You know, the, the largest stars are gigantic. The other thing is, if you take like a human as like the midpoint, and you say, and you go, you know, down in the microscope, you go like, you know, ten meters in, and a tenth of a meter, a hundredth of a meter, or a thousandth of a meter, you start going in to the microscopic level. We showed up at like the bottom of the ninth with two outs, right? Well, no, no, time wise, but I'm saying. If you if you were to take a microscope and zoom in, like onto your skin or onto okay. the, oh, okay. anything, okay. You know, any atoms, get into the atoms, gotcha. subatomic particles, you go in, or you can zoom out. You know, you go ten meters, a hundred meters, a thousand million, you know, okay. light years, right. all the way to the size of the known universe. When you go in, the smallest thing is a Planck length. It's like the Planck length is the smallest unit that is acknowledged, mm-hmm. and we don't really know exactly, but that, that there's a size they have, you know. And then we have the size of the universe. If you, if you, a human, if you make a human the midpoint, is the human closer to the size of the universe or to a plank? Oh my God. That's got, well, we've got to be the, the small one, right? Yeah. It's closer to the universe. 
Like the wow. universe as you is, is there's not as much difference between the universe and you as you and a plank length. That no, that's a crazy. Here's another that, one. Here's that, another. I'll give you another one of these. So if if you had an atom and you put it and you made it the size of like a football stadium, the nucleus would be the size of a grain of sand. But 99.98% of the mass is in that grain of sand. Oh, that is wild. That's weird. Wow. That's okay. crazy. So the nucleus is where all the weight is. And the, and, but the but size, it's, small. It, it, it's, small. it's a grain of sand in a, in a giant football stadium. And that, but huh. everything is made of atoms. So basically everything is such that like this teeny portion is the, it's like almost the entire mass of everything. Everything. Hmm. Wild. I like that. Interesting. I'm going to look up this other one too. The plank length it is? Plank, plank length. And plank is P-L-A-N-C-K. Like that. Plank length. Look, like stuff like that. And the real man tweeted uh, that out. He said, real man doesn't even give a plank length, not an inch. You know, I won't give an inch. It's like Heather is so stubborn. She won't give a plank length in an argument. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure you, I'm sure you're very easy to argue with. No, much no. easier. Yeah. Much easier. So were you a Van Halen guy? I liked Van Halen growing up. I, I had all their albums. I think I had all of them. I had Women and Children. For, was that an album? I don't know. I, there was a whole bunch of them. There was. I'm, I'm like going to embarrass myself because I really did have people like, oh, he's full of shit. He's just saying this because I didn't Van Halen done. I really did have like four or five of their albums. I think I, I don't know if I bought OU812, but that was like where I drew the line. But all the old uh, David Lee Roth ones I had, and they were good, like Running with the Devil and uh, what's the one... Uh, I've been to the edge and I stood and looked down. Is that right? With no, that's uh, ain't talking about love. That song is good. That's a good song. So yeah, I, I, I used to really like Van Halen. Cool. Yeah, a little before my time, I just learned through because he died. He was like did the guitar solo. You didn't know that. He did. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no. No, but did you, you know, know he was like the guitar? He was like the original guitar wizard, like the guy who like yeah. did the million mile an hour those hammer ons, you know, with the right. second hand, like doing the hammer. So like you, you don't play guitar, but like usually you're strumming with your right hand and you're fretting mm-hmm. the guitar with your left. But he like sort of he seemed to be the first one. Probably I don't know if anyone else did it. He would be he'd have the the action of the strings really low and he'd be he'd be like ripping off with both hands. So he'd have his right hand on the actual frets, like, so he could do like eight notes in a row, super fast, rather than having just four fingers to rip notes. He had eight fingers. So, you know, so he, uh, right. Right. So he was like an innovator and he was really, I mean, he's obviously a great guitarist. My only other one, uh, the only other reference I have for him is that is that I went to high school with Andrew Hagar, which is Sammy Hagar's son. He was a couple grades, uh, lower than me, but, um, I don't know. But what it went he, south. He, it went south when Sammy Hagar joined. I was going to say, right. I'm sure other people don't, didn't like that as much that version, but, um, yeah. All right. So you were into, is that a hair band? I don't know. I wouldn't call it a hair band. It was like, no. it was like sort of pre to me. It was like, it was heavy metal, but it was like, it was more like in the ACDC. I don't know. ACDC Van Halen. They were sort of like early eighties, late seventies, I guess. Metallica's and Guns N' Roses and all those bands came later, but um, right, yeah, no, I'm more familiar with, with ACDC myself. Um, all right, man, so I got other than uh, my rec for the week, I'll say Fargo season four, I think, just premiered a couple weeks ago. It's so far, so it's okay or whatever. I will say though, if no one's seen season one with Billy Bob Thornton of uh, Fargo, I would uh, recommend that. Um, that's all I got for you this week, Liz. Hopefully, we do better with our picks, and uh, yeah, man, good catching up. <laughs>